0: Hey, everybody. This is Josh. This is Kendra. And we have a special mini episode today. Uh, because... It has nothing
1: to do with boats.
0: Yeah. <laughs> For anyone <laughs> that's li- that likes the topic of boats, uh, <laughs> sorry, that's not what this one is. Um, this weekend is mine and Kendra's 17th anniversary.
1: Yay. Yay.
0: And we decided we're going to do a podcast on how we met since so many of our comments and reviews have been about just how they like hearing us talk and figured, hey, let's give us give uh, let's give our audience a little bit of a background
1: sure well and um charlie our youngest asked me the other day uh how we met even though we've talked about it before um i think at her age she hadn't really listened and so something i thought we could talk about
0: perfect where does this story begin
1: um it begins in a very small town in california um my family it's a long story uh we moved around a lot this is a
0: mini episode we don't have time for a right. long story so I
1: won't, <laughs> I won't explain the the how we got there I guess <laughs> um but when I was 15 we moved to a missionary base in California um right outside a very small town of Dinuba California Dinuba. Um, it is called Gleanings for the Hungry um and so my parents told me when I was 15 we were becoming missionaries what wow. every 15 year old wants to hear <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> to a small town.
0: <laughs> right, right. Where you don't know anybody uh, and there's no mall nearby.
1: Yeah, that was, that was probably like the first comment I actually made actually.
0: <laughs> okay. So how long were you there?
1: Um, so we had put in, I guess, like a year there. My parents had to go through the process of what's called DTS uh, to become missionaries. We had to live in Mexico for two months, um, that winter. And so then our very first summer, like, I can't do the math. I don't know what year that was, but so I had turned, I think I just turned 17, um, the summer we met. I always thought it was sixteen. But I'll have I have to figure out the math. Yeah,
0: go back through the uh, photo album or something.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, what happens at Gleanings in the summer is youth groups, mainly from like closer than you guys came from, a lot more like in California. Um, so, youth groups come and they help with peaches. So, do you want to explain it? Yeah, like, sure. <laughs> I'll let you explain it because I didn't do a lot. Love it. <laughs> you didn't work
0: a lot there, no. did you? <clears throat> okay. I was from a youth group, a church youth group in Washington State. And for many, many years, every summer, the church would send down youth group kids, so high schoolers and some middle schoolers. And basically, these kids would spend money, um, or their parents would spend money, to put these kids on a bus uh, and drive them from uh, Olympia, Washington, down to Central Valley, California, to work for 10 days straight. So... Uh, we'd go down there and we would be out in 110 degree heat and we would be working a peach processing plant basically. And so, so it doesn't sound like, like a child labor (laughs) sweatshop. What it actually is, is down there um, grocery stores would reject any fruit that wasn't uh, perfect. Absolutely perfect. Right. It had to be the exact right size, no blemishes and anything that didn't even
1: like the crease or whatever down the, like it had to be like down the center. It couldn't be crooked.
0: Right. Right. And so you'd think uh, that's, you know, th- this would be good food for somebody, but in fact, most farmers would just dump all this yep. all this fruit out into a field and just throwing it away. It would, it would just be garbage. So this Christian organization got together and, and asked if the farmers would be willing to donate the fruit so that it could be dried out and then packaged up and sent off to starving nations. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, actually really good cause. And uh, families would go and, and live full-time on this, basically like a missionary base, uh, working purely on volunteer time. Churches would donate money, families would donate money to support them. And then youth group kids would go down and uh, would, and would work the plant. And so this particular summer— uh, me plus, uh, we had like 45, 50.
1: Yeah. You guys had the it was biggest. two buses, right? Yeah. You guys had the biggest youth Yeah. Group. It was two
0: school buses worth of kids go, went down there. Like
1: normally we would like have to have several youth groups in a week at uh, one time, but you guys filled up the, like, we didn't need anybody but your guys' youth group. Right. You right. A big we, we took,
0: yeah, we could, we could fill every yeah. station there. Yeah. So I'd go down there and as one of the youth group, one of the older kids in the youth group, I well, would be one of the leaders. I was going
1: to say, you were technically a leader when we met.
0: Had I already graduated high school? Yeah. Okay, so then I was a leader for the youth group kids. See, I
1: remember you being like 19, which makes me 16.
0: Yeah, it doesn't matter. It kind of matters. But I guess
1: with age, I, <laughs> it doesn't right.
0: matter. The point is. It doesn't
1: matter. So um, I didn't like working the plant. I didn't like touching the fruit. It stinks. There's flies. It's hot. There's no air conditioning. Um, And I didn't really want to be part of this missionary thing that my parents were, you know, I felt like it was their journey and I didn't want to do it. Um, and so the um, the guy who founded it, his name is Wally Wenji. He uh, he passed away years ago, but um, it's actually, this was all his idea, the whole plant. So um, he went to my mom and said, you know, he noticed that I didn't want to be with all the rest of the kids because they asked all the missionary kids to work with the youth group. And so um, he said that I could start a snack shack. And so during breaks and lunch, I could... Um, open a snack shack. So my mom and I went and bought lots of candy bars and ice cream. And then I stood in a window and sold food, uh, snacks to the youth, uh, youth group kids. And then one day. And I had a lot of, um, (laughs) reoccurring customers. (laughs) Um, but one day, uh, this very, very attractive older boy, he, I could tell he wasn't in like the youth group, um came to the window, and I thought he was going to buy something, but he didn't. Instead, he uh, had a laptop, a little tiny thing um, with him, and uh, a power cord. Not a power cord, but... What a, is,
0: a cord like, to plug into a phone yeah. jack.
1: And so he looks at me, and he's like, hey, uh, do you have like a spot, like a phone... What do you call that? Phone jack. Oh. That's phone what, outlet? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. He just... I mean, I'm just like, oh, yeah. And then um, blocked my window. <laughs> for a while telling me he had to check his email um he was waiting to hear back from his mom in Korea
0: yes so uh and that to be honest that's all I was doing I was not there to flirt with the girl in the snack shack (laughs) I just wanted to get on my computer because I'm a nerd
1: (laughs) so I very quickly nicknamed him I didn't even know your name so I nicknamed you Keanu Reeves and that is what my mom and I called you like for years (laughs) why because i think you look like him. I think That'll work. And i'd say then like a thinner you and your head was shaved um more like on uh was that Wayne's World? Like more that younger
0: Wayne's World. Not Wayne's
1: World. No. Na-na-na-na-na. Yeah, what is that?
0: No, What not is that movie? Wayne's World? <laughs> Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure.
1: Oh, that's what it is. All i can picture him is be like <laughs> You know what i mean? I can picture him so no. I've never
0: seen Bill and Ted's Excellent <gasps> Adventure. I just know Keanu Reeves is in it.
1: Why do you not see all these movies? Yeah,
0: I'm not a movie guy.
1: Okay, well, that is, like, anyway. That's, that's what you of... thought I looked like. <laughs> well, more so. I mean, he hadn't done, like, The Matrix yet or whatever, so.
0: Okay. Right? I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> so here's the thing. Um, I, I was not into Kendra. I
1: but... was going to say, do you want to tell them? I mean, I was, like just
0: head over heels
1: right away like (laughs) smitten and you
0: yeah so here's what I noticed uh she was cute a cute kid and uh because I had all these these young boys working in the youth group who kept going back to the snack shack over and over again and (laughs) lingering at the snack shack talking to the girl behind the counter at the snack shack uh she became a bit of a distraction to my team and I was so annoyed And at one point, uh, I got to hang out with Kendra's brother, or one of her two brothers, Caleb, and we spent probably a good half hour to an hour just making fun of Kendra. Uh, He had nicknamed her Lethargica because she wouldn't work, and it stuck so much, Caleb. (laughs) So, thank you, brother. So year 1 uh, of our first uh week of of meeting was me just being really annoyed by this girl. And it it wasn't just a snack shack. Like there was a pool at this place because 115 de- degree heat, you need to have the kids out in the What does the pool
1: the... have to do with me?
0: Well, <laughs> The boys yeah. would basically just watch you walk around, and that's fine. They can do that, but then you'd be all, like, flirty with I'm them. It was flirty. so annoying. Nope,
1: not flirty. Especially because I, if of your youth group, I only had my eyes on you. I really did.
0: Yeah, you come out with a super soaker and spray all the boys. That was
1: Angie's idea.
0: Oh. <laughs> okay, so... A year, the the so, summer ends.
1: Summer ends. You 60, leave. 45 to
0: 60 kids um, packed back on a bus. I'm
1: writing in my diary how cute you are. How much like I just, I was smitten. I like the way you talked, how you held yourself. Like you were the most confident person right off the bat that I'd ever met in my whole life. And so I was very attracted to you. Oh.
0: I, I was not interested in you <laughs> at all.
1: Yes. So you have said you don't have to.
0: So, uh a year goes by and another summer's coming around and I, you know, we're we're gearing up to get another batch of high school kids ready to go. And a lot of the kids are our regulars, you know, they're they're in the middle of high school, so they're gonna go again and some of the kids are new kids.
1: We should probably also state we now, you know, I've dated that year you've dated i mean it's not like we should clarify we didn't keep in touch and I mean, we did yeah, not at thing, all not at and all and i still got a boyfriend
0: yeah so <laughs> in, in fact um on the way down I, I recalled that kendra's family lived there and that you were probably still going to be there and i dreaded the entire bus ride down thinking how on earth am i going to keep my kids working if you're going to be Hanging out, flirting with them and and drawing them to the snack shack instead of working it was it was a nightmare the previous year
1: Wow <laughs> a nightmare <laughs> well, from the
0: perspective of someone who's just trying to make sure we're we're sending food off to starving nations, I was very uh very driven uh-huh. to make sure we're doing a good job uh-huh. I love you too <laughs> anyhow um we get there, and sure enough, you're there
1: well, of course I live there
0: right. Right. Um, But interestingly, it it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be.
1: Well, a year does a lot for um, people. They grow up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did a lot of growing up that year. Um, And so the year you came, I was actually working a lot more. Um, I had learned that the dry fruit section, so the stuff that's not wet peaches, but the dry peaches that are coming in, aren't as gross. They don't don't stink. They don't (laughs) stink. And so um, I had agreed to working that station when you guys came. Right. And then you happened to be working that station as well.
0: Right. And so we talked for the, actually for the very first time.
1: But like nonstop. Yeah. We just talked and talked and talked and talked. We're both
0: talkers apparently. We
1: (laughs) we are talkers. Um, But we got along really well.
0: We did. One of the sort of the background to this <laughs> is that I did have a girlfriend at the time. I
1: didn't know uh, I had just broke up with my boyfriend, so I had nobody. I could talk to you.
0: True, I didn't tell you, <laughs> um, but I also it, it's not like I was into you. Like I did right. not. You
1: just thought we we're hanging out.
0: I. Uh, we're we're I just having good conversation.
1: Um. So another job I took on that summer was um adding chlorine to the pool and like kicking everybody out at like. 1030 because my parents were getting you know they're older and they're tired and they worked hard all day and so i told my mom one of the jobs i would start helping out with is kicking everybody out and adding the chlorine in i mean you got a lot of kids in the pool it took chlorine every night right right um so one night while you guys were there i went down to do the chlorine and you happened to be by the pool and we talked till past midnight yeah um just talking again
0: just talking
1: We've never had any problem, I'd say, since then. Right, right. <laughs> talking.
0: Yeah. And I would say that it was probably the first time that I thought, huh, I, I don't hate this person. It was not, <laughs> I, I promise, it was not like, oh, man, I just want to keep talking to her. Like, I it, it wasn't that big of a deal so, to me.
1: We, I mean, we could go on about this whole week, but we'll just say we spend a lot of time talking yes. every day. Yep. I mean, I woke up, went down, we worked uh, wherever your youth group went. I followed you guys and had fun with, I mean, there was a few people that I had fun with and a lot of kids that had come from the year before. So right. Right. um And then the day that you guys were leaving on a Sunday, um, I ran down to say goodbye, maybe get your number or... Um, email address and I get down there and you guys had already left and there was a kid from the youth group who was staying for the rest of the summer and so when I got down there and I'm looking over for you he says you're so stupid he has a girlfriend <laughs> and so I was so mad at you I just figured I'm not going to pursue it I was just mad because we had so much fun like every day
0: yeah I think uh, talking about it later I think you thought that I was into you well, I
1: would never talked to a boy so much hmm. like I had a boyfriend for like the the year, and I don't think we talked as much as you and I talked. <laughs> like, so I thought, you know, like there's a connection. Yeah. Um, besides the fact that you're cute.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> so I don't give it any thought at all. Yeah. I didn't, you know, I wasn't interested in getting your number so, or anything. So I just we just went home. So
1: we go on with another year.
0: Another year goes by. Uh huh. So year three, um, our church for.
1: There was some paperwork issues. Um, my mom worked in the office and it's kind of long and um, it happened to be that is the first year that your youth group wasn't going to be there right. in like 10 years or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so since the church wasn't going to go down, I didn't have a reason to go down and I didn't, I, I don't know what it was, but at, at
1: We said you were talking to Timoteo about it and like I came up in the conversation really that's what you told me <laughs> well,
0: that's probably true I just don't remember that um, well in that case somehow you must have come up in conversation. you just <laughs> thought, so that's why I called then well
1: then you're like I wonder if she still lives there
0: yeah and so I looked up gleanings for the hungry online found the, the contact information and uh, I gave them a call to see if you were there
1: well you got my phone number and Caleb answered the phone and told me the phone was for me. And I had actually been living in Montana that that year because I'd graduated and I moved in with my grandparents. Um, And I'd only moved back home like a month. I'd only been home a little bit when you called. But you called just to say, hey, I feel bad about not getting your email address last year. Can I get your email address? Maybe we can, you know, just email each other. Um, I ran down... To, um, so like our house was like, it's like a long street anyway. Our house is up top. My mom was, she was just, uh, she's always the forklift driver. Um, so I ran down, she's on the forklift and I'm like yelling at her to stop. And she's like, what's the matter? And I'm like, oh my gosh, that Keanu Reeves guy just called me. Because <laughs> that's what we called you. I mean, it took me a while to actually call you Josh. <laughs> because I'd called you Keanu Reeves for so long. Um, and my mom was just like, really? And I kind of thought then, like, I think this is it. I mean, I have, I mean, I liked you so much. Um, so uh, I get, I'm like sitting by the computer because I'm just like waiting for your email. And there it is. There's the email. I open the email. I'm so excited. And it says, hey there, kiddo. And my heart just Drops. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, like, okay, he still sees me as a kid, like maybe, like, like, what is this guy's gig? <laughs> like, what's his thing?
0: Yeah, and to be fair, kiddo for me was just my way of saying, like, girl, like lady, like, I don't know, it didn't it, it did not girl mean or lady. Any-
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is a child, which could be anyone.
0: All right, fair, fair. So emails went back and forth. Yep we All talked day, for every our, day. Yeah, we sent a lot back and I think that actually it was really neat for me because being a regular dumb boy at the time, I'd never spent a lot of time getting into in-depth conversations like talking about mm-hmm. my background and wanting to know more about your background.
1: Yeah, and what's interesting with emails is I mean, you write down more than I think you might say. Yeah. And we didn't have the luxury of being able to talk too much. <laughs> Because neither of us could afford it. And so, again, for the youngies out there making us sound so old, um, it costs money to call long distance. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, So that left email.
0: Email allowed me to think about what I wanted to say. And also when I would receive one back, I got to read and then reread and reread emails that came in. Yeah,
1: we've saved Um, those.
0: Yeah. It is... It's something special. I, I think that if you go back, like you know, 100 years and people had to write letters, I think that yeah. that probably created depth of relationship that you just don't get anymore these days. Yeah. Um, so
1: after two weeks, I got an email saying you were going to fly and come see me.
0: Yeah. That was probably the first time I'd ever proactively done anything in a relationship that was meaningful. Hmm. Um, I was a poor kid, didn't have a lot of money, and while I was buying the airline ticket, I was thinking to myself, holy smokes, I must actually like this person. I must really be in it. Because I would never drop that kind of money on Hmm. anybody.
1: That's interesting. I mean, it's cute. I I like it. (laughs) Uh, So I pick you up from the airport. And um, so I'm talking to Charlie about this. This is kind of, you know. Our youngest daughter. Yeah. um, On how we met. And this part of the story was really funny. So I'm telling her that I went to the gate to pick you up from the airport. um, Which, by the way, was the last time I ever went to a gate. (laughs) Uh, to pick someone up, but Charlie was yeah, 9/11 so. Nine eleven happened just right after right. that, right? So this yeah. is July two thousand one, then, right? Yeah, that's nine eleven. Um, and Charlie had no idea, like, how nine eleven affected you know how we get on a plane, you know. So for our kids, they've always just had to wait at security. Um, so that part of the story was kind of funny. <laughs> um, so I picked you up from the airport, and we went straight to a mall. Went and ate and yeah, something my teriyaki chicken and something my mom told me when I was a kid that never made sense until that moment was she said she knew my dad was the one because she could eat in front of him comfortably. Like when you're on a date and you're for maybe for girls, not guys, I don't know, but like you're really nervous and kind of nervous to eat in front of them. She said she could eat in front of my dad without a problem. And so we went to the mall and we're sitting there eating, and all of a sudden, I'm like, I have no problem eating in front of you, like at all, like as though you were always somebody that i've known and we were so comfortable and we i didn't know how i never had a problem eating i know i said it's probably a girl (laughs) thing and maybe not all girls just some of us i don't know um but we ate and um i just felt so comfortable with you like i wasn't sure after writing these like super long kind of intimate emails and then being face to face yeah um but we got along and we saw a um, movie that night saw a movie saw AI. AI. Yeah. um Josh showed me some of his karate moves in the parking lot. (laughs) He was really into karate back then. Um, But I can tell you what he was wearing. And it's, I think it's a cute story.
0: Doing karate moves in front of my future wife. uh, I don't think I'd recommend that to any dude.
1: And I loved it. I love that you used to extend your arm. Like we wouldn't hold hands, but you'd put your arm out for me to put my arm through yours. One of my favorite things too. Oh. I like that. Um. So we spent a few days together. That was like on a Wednesday, something like that. So then on a Friday, we decided to drive up into the mountains. We weren't know, we didn't know what we were gonna go do. <laughs> Let's just go up to the mountains. And we're driving and we see a sign for caves, like the kind. What do you call those? I think it's crystal cl- caves, is what it. Yeah,
0: you can get it. You can pay for a pass to get a tour, you know, a guided tour right. through these caves, like stalactites and all right. that sort of thing.
1: So we walked through these, and we hadn't kissed yet. So we're walking through and I'm thinking, he is gonna kiss me in here. Like and I had been through these caves but like a couple years before and I knew at the very end, like they turn off the lights so you can see what it's like in the dark. And sure enough, I got my first <laughs> kiss. Um and that was on August third,
0: two thousand and one.
1: Yeah. And so we long distance dated. Um
0: Yeah, so obviously I, I mean, had to fly back home.
1: I drove up for Thanksgiving. Yep. Like so, we and then you came for Christmas, and we really liked each other. Um, both of us n- had no money.
0: <laughs> right,
1: we we're both really poor. Um, so you lived with your folks, right? Yeah. and had I worked at a coffee shop, I
0: was renting out a duplex with uh, my buddy at the time. Yep, Mateo.
1: And so we're talking one night. Um, so we'd have to wait till like what after nine, after
0: nine o'clock, to talk about being charged.
1: Um. <laughs> <laughs> So
0: stupid cell phone I, plans.
1: Anyway, so we have to talk at night and it's almost midnight and we're on the phone talking and we're trying to come up with an idea like how could we afford for me to move up there and get a place because I still live at home and all of a sudden it's kind of quiet and we're yeah, just... I'm, do, I'm
0: doing the math in my head about how <laughs> can we make this work because uh, we really wanted to be He's together. so
1: logical. <laughs> and it's just like we're frustrated because... We like each other so much, and all of a sudden, I hear, well, we could get married, and still silence, (laughs) because I'm just like, is that real? And so then I actually ask, is that real? Like, is that a proposal and I mean you're just so logical you're like it makes the most sense
0: it does make the most sense
1: and so um we hung up and I went and actually jumped on my parents bed and woke him up like I'm getting married and for years Josh didn't let me tell the story because he didn't want people to know he proposed like Over the phone. but it is how you did and and it's <laughs> I feel like it's just fitting for our relationship our long distance relationship our marriage I think it fits us so I like the story.
0: <laughs> I like it now that I'm not so... Now that I know that you're okay with it, I think. I've
1: always been okay with it. Oh. Uh, so then we picked a date. And August 3rd landed on a Saturday. So as of this Saturday, we'll have been kissing for 18 for years. 18 years. And <laughs> married then married for, for 17. 17.
0: Yeah, we had that long distance relationship for a year. Mm-hmm. And I, I honestly think that that is probably the best thing Mm-hmm. Uh, that you can do really for a relationship.
1: Yeah, where it really kept the physical back, like where you're not being like kind of blinded by that or letting that be what kind of like navigates or whatever. You know, it doesn't dictate. It forces like,
0: real conversations, right?
1: I mean, it made us so that we just talked and talked and talked a lot, and that is huge.
0: Yeah, especially since you and I are the kind of people who just love to talk and talk and <laughs> talk. talk and talk and talk.
1: <laughs> We just have not stopped talking for 17 years. Yeah.
0: And now you all get to listen to us.
1: And we have kids that talk.
0: <laughs> and we make them listen to us too. <laughs> yeah.
1: So that's, that's how we met.
0: That's how we met.
1: And we've been married for 17 Coming
0: years. up on 17 years in a couple of days.
1: So do you have like advice? Do we give advice? Do we say why we've done so well? Do we feel um, like we've done well? I think we've done well. I
0: think we've done well. I think that people have commented on our on our relationship. I don't know that anyone wants unsolicited advice, <laughs> but uh, we're going to give it anyway because this is our show. <laughs> I, I was going to do like a top 10 and thought, oh, that, people just don't want to hear that. So I've just got one. I've got one tip that I would recommend to anyone, uh, I guess, in a serious relationship or, you know, getting married or being married. And that one tip is to recognize your own selfishness Mm -hmm. that every single time Ken and I have gotten to a major knockdown drag out kind of fight. I've been able to reel back and say, is this fight because there's some sort of injustice or something is wrong? Or is it because I'm a selfish toddler and I'm not getting my way? (laughs) And I would say that 90% of the time it's because I'm selfish and I It isn't until that I, until I can admit that to myself that I could step back and go, okay, I was wrong here. Let's, let's talk about it and and see what's going on.
1: Well, and we were married young, I think younger than most. I mean, I had just turned 20, you turned 24 right after we got married. Yeah, And so we were still really young. So we, I mean, we, you say knockout fights or whatever. Um, We haven't done that in years. Um, And I think part of that's maturity. And learning these things. So yeah. we learned.
0: To be less selfish. Yeah.
1: That's a huge, huge thing. Yeah. When you start focusing on the other person, then the other person starts focusing on you. There's just less fighting because you're both there for the other one. I don't know. That that's how I feel it goes.
0: Yeah. I think it's unreasonable for anyone to tell me what I need to do is think about my wife's feelings. on the middle. Like that's a common advice. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to I don't want to downplay that but it's more important for me to simply step back and say maybe I should be less selfish cuz I don't know what's in your head. I I never know what's in anyone else's head, right? right. But I know what's in mine and I know that if I'm being honest in the middle of a of a fight that I can assess whether or not I'm being selfish. I can't tell you that you're being selfish <laughs> in the middle cuz I don't know what's going on in your head, but for myself um recognizing my own selfishness is probably the the most important thing that I could do in in our relationship.
1: Yeah, I mean for me we had been married maybe 3 or 4 years and it's rough. I mean, and we st- <laughs> we got pregnant pretty soon. Didn't mean to. Um and she knows that, so it's not a secret. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um we, again, we still had not a lot of money. We were young. Um and then got pregnant uh, 6 months after we we're married. Yeah. And so you know, you, we've got and then we had 3 under 3. Boom boom boom. And and then dealing with that and a new marriage, it was kind of tough. But I learned About years three or four, like, that it wasn't about me and to be better at, like, serving like, not serving you, because I don't want to (laughs) sound like this is some weird marriage. But the more I invested, like, in you and in us, like, the more you invested back into me. Like, I could see how that worked. And then we just fell into that. And I mean, it took some time and years. But now I think we have a pretty good thing going. Yeah, I think so. I like us. I like you. I want to keep doing this. <laughs> the podcast or marriage? <laughs> both,
0: but marriage first, of course.
1: Well, so then Josh asked me to think of one. Mine is kind of, I guess, different. Mine's more for not both people, but maybe more of a girl thing. Okay. I feel like when I was a little girl, I had Cinderella and snow white sleeping beauty i like those were all the princesses that we had and girls all the helpless ones <laughs> yeah like so you know josh told me to think of one before we started and i'm thinking about him it. it's like man i don't even remember some of those movies like the dude doesn't even talk like he's just like like this character like he's shallow he's nothing um but the whole movie somehow revolves around him
0: Him saving her. Him
1: saving her. And that's how, like, we grew up. That's how my generation, I feel like, that's what we had. So, I feel like that's kind of what I have to um, go by for relationships, is that um, this kind of dull character comes into your life but saves you. (laughs) 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 I don't know. Like... I don't know. I mean, I read a where lot. Where do I fit in here? I, I probably read too many books as a kid, too. Like, I was really into the love stories and the guy coming in on a white horse. Yeah, and, the fantasy,
0: basically. Yeah.
1: Um, and you were not that guy. But I actually picked you because you weren't, you were so far from that, that picture. But I'm human. And I had so many times where, like, I would like, oh, I just wish you were that guy. Like, you're not romantic. And it's okay because <laughs> I like it. I like that I am I traded like that. Oh, you
0: should have known when I proposed over the phone, <laughs> like, you want to just get married then?
1: I know. That, that I
0: wasn't going to do the romance thing in our marriage. I
1: know. And, you know, I, I feel like what I've traded is for like this like super meaningless, romantic, gushy stuff for our conversations that are meaningful. I'm winning. So I just forget that sometimes. And so, I remember telling you at one point, like, I have to lower my expectations. And that sounds terrible. Ouch. (laughs) But I just mean from these, like, girlish things that we're taught. I mean, I've talked to other women my age. Like, that was just what we were taught. The coolest thing that ever happened is in 2011, Tangled came out. And for the first time, (laughs) the princess saved herself. Like, Rapunzel got herself out of that tower, and she had a fun adventure with him, but it wasn't like based on him saving her and like leading up to some guy. Because, I mean, Rapunzel had been told before, and when I was a little girl, the version is she's just waiting for him to come up and save her and get her out of the tower. But Tangled, thank you, Disney, changed that. She got herself out.
0: And so the lesson is...
1: (laughs) You don't like need... A guy to save you. Like, go along with the adventures. I mean, so that's what I'm saying. Like, she went on the adventures with Finn. Finn's his name, right?
0: Yeah. yeah. Finn rider.
1: <laughs> that's right. And like they went on a cool adventure that I like and helped each other get through it. You know, they outran the bad guys and there's a horse, but they don't need the horse is the one chasing him <laughs> instead of they're riding the horse.
0: So if I'm hearing you correctly, uh, the the better picture that you should have as far as your own expectations is to go on an adventure together with your loved one.
1: And not and, per- and neither of you trying to, like, want the other one to save you.
0: Yeah.
1: You know? Um, I think that that puts a lot of pressure on the other person, too. And pressure that, I mean, we're human. That I can't be met.
0: So that, so when you say lower your expectations, you mean lower the, <laughs> the, 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 the sort of the fantasy yeah. unrealistic expectations because it's right. it, that's, it's not like, fair to put that on someone.
1: I mean, Hollywood and, like, Disney created these fantasy things, I think, for small kids for a long time. And I think movies are changing. And I oh, like, sure, you know, sure. the cartoons that are coming out and what our girls are getting to watch is completely different than what we grew up on, which is a lot of like the girls the pretty dumb one and the guy's the one that rescued. I mean, like this like kind of stereotype stuff. Yeah. Um. And we're coming away from that, which is good.
0: Yeah. All right.
1: But I was raised that way. So.
0: Well, I'm s- glad I'm not the.
1: Prince. <laughs> oh, and I'm trying to think of one of the like right. in Cinderella, like Cinderella. I don't even know if he talks really i mean like a little bit
0: yeah well he's a forgettable character that's our mini episode uh for this week
1: yep so we're on to a next adventure yeah so we should
0: yeah we'll we'll probably mention something about boats on this (laughs) podcast episode if
1: you made it this far through like learning how we met like you're even curious at all and made it this far we'll talk about the boat yeah We're Uh, still moving forward. We made an offer. We made
0: an offer on a boathouse. The boathouse that we mentioned last week, actually. We
1: actually made an offer. We've decided that as nice as the summers are, we still know how the winters are. Yeah. And the comfort of the boathouse in the winter, I think, outweighs having windows in the summer. And we can take the boat out. It's not like you you bought a house with no windows and you can't leave. Right. We can take the boat out.
0: We can also... We can also be people who aren't on our boat all the time. like
1: Well, and we won't be. We go to work. We go to school. Right. It's right. not, you know, so in the evenings. I still think it'll be nice and cozy in the winter. Yeah, for sure. So that's where we're at with the boat. Yeah. And Hayden is at sailing class right now, which we'll let her maybe talk about that later.
0: Yeah. So thank you, everyone, for joining us on another episode. And we'll have another full-length episode next week. In the meanwhile, you can head over to dropanchorpodcast.com to catch up on everything else we're doing. Thanks. Love Love you, baby. I said at the same time. Happy anniversary, baby. Thanks.